while we're here, those who are viewing, can we just lift our hands? Whoever God is to you in this moment, you ought to worship him as if you're appreciative for who he is to you in this moment. Father, we thank you for how consistent you are, for how dependable you are, and yes, for how faithful you are. Right now, Father, wherever we are in the world, we give your name glory because we know we can depend on you. Now let the word that comes from my mouth be what is from your heart for the good of the people of God. Save, empower, inspire. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate the Lord right now. First, I want to honor God for the glorious privilege of being able to share in this space and to minister to those who are uh, engaged in worship, worship virtually all over the world, I'm sure. It is exciting to be able to share. Uh, I, I love Pastor Darius Daniels with all of my heart. I love he and his amazing wife. And can we just celebrate God for them? Amen. I know all of you, both here and abroad, are appreciative for the life that they are living and the faith that they are being guided by to do incredible and radical and innovative things in ministry. And so I'm grateful to God for him. He is my brother, she is my sister. Periodically, we'll talk. Whenever we talk, it's for at least an hour. <laughs> and it's just an amazing time. Thank you all for all that you've done. Um, so, let's, let's see what the Lord wants to say to us. Um, um, Acts chapter nine, right? Acts chapter 9. Those who've heard me before know I don't read a lot of scripture, so I'm not going to start anything new today. Uh, so, verse 17 of Acts chapter 9, uh, Good News Translation says, So Ananias went, entered the house where Saul was, right? Placed his hands on him. Verse 20 says, he, meaning Saul, who would become Paul, went straight to the synagogue and begun to preach that Jesus was the son of God, right? So it's simple. Paul entered this house blind and came out preaching. Okay, let's try it again. Paul entered the house blind and came out preaching. 
All right, so I want you to put in the thread and those who are here, I want you to put in the thread, those who are, who are watching this, who's going in ain't who's coming out. Just, just put that in the thread. Who's going in ain't who's coming out. Thank you. Um, if you can imagine this, um, I was walking f feverishly and as quickly as I could through the airport in Houston a while ago. It was a couple of years ago, and as I was walking through the airport, I noticed this promotional placard that captivated my attention and mesmerized my mind. It read, who's emerging is as exciting as what's emerging. That statement caused me to reflect about the capacity of God to produce something that was never imagined, but because of the ingenuity, creativity, and innovation of the infinite intellect, God is never confined by the limitations of human consciousness, so God can produce stuff that no one ever saw coming. What's amazing is, those of you who are listening to me today, you must understand that you are not who you are permanently unless you choose to be. That if you do not grow and mature and morph into a unique manifestation emerging out of pain and suffering and pandemics and sacrifice and yes even failure you would have wasted a glorious life and you would have misrepresented the eternal at the end of the day God has created us to live extraordinary lives and to live that life in a way that his name is honored and the world is the beneficiary of our uniqueness Here's the power then of this, is that God then wants to cause you to emerge into something that is so incredible until people will have to rethink how they understand humanity because you will be such a contradiction to their limitations until they will have to be forced to reimagine their own experience because they cannot deny the optics of who you are. Oh God! And so, for many of you, what you're missing is that you're is that you are spending too much time engaged in relationships that are not causing you to see yourself bigger, better, and greater, and you're wondering why others are getting it and you're not. It's not because you're not capable. It's because you're unwilling. You're ready to imagine what could emerge if you manage this season right. Once you put in the thread, I've got to see bigger. Well, how does this happen? It's simple. I'm not the smartest guy, so I know if I see it, you've seen it before me. Here it is. It happens because of process. 
Ah, put that in the thread, process. And, and, and what's amazing is that for me, someone who is a process theologian, what's amazing for me is the fact that process is really about God's willingness to walk you through steps and stages that will ultimately birth something that can never be reversed because at the point that one goes through process, one cannot return to a lesser place because the process has produced something that now is a desire because of what has occurred in the steps and the stages that were necessary for the maturation of the person and here's what's incredible when you go through process it doesn't matter what people say about you because their opinions mean nothing at the end of your experience <laughs> okay yeah I don't want to I don't want to uh, okay so What's so amazing for me is that God, uh, and, and this is where some of you have done yourself a disservice, because you keep watching people who appear to get it quicker or quickly. And what you don't understand is that no one that God uses is ultimately a singular moment. They are the continuation or the continuum of experiences that grows them. And, and what many of us miss and mismanage and misunderstand is the fact that your process is a requirement to your greatness. You will never be great until you go through some stuff. Look at Jesus. Jesus didn't just end up as the son of God. He had to go through the nine month birthing process and then he had to go through the, and then he had to go through 30 years of obscurity. We only know one experience of his life which is at the age of 12. The rest of his life is lived in obscurity. He kind of comes on to us at the age of 30 and for only three years which means 90% of his life was lived in anonymity this is what's deep some of you want God to make you famous before you've become mature And what many of you have missed is that the genius of God is that he protects you from your ambition by giving you a process that grows you on your way to your assignment. So, uh, and so, so what God does is give you a process. Stop fighting the process. I just put that in the thread. Stop fighting the process. Stop disliking what's necessary for you to be what you're supposed to necessarily be. That's why I love this text. Because honestly, what I see in the text is process. Uh, follow my kind of warp homiletical mind here it is and so Saul is on his way to persecute the church we we know this my dad my dad preached this sermon this text hundreds of times when I was a little boy growing up in the Absinthe Baptist Church and he talked about the Damascus Road and how the Lord knocked him down right and blinded him right so he's blinded right on his way to fulfill what he thought was his purpose On his way to fulfill what he thought was his purpose, God blinded him. On his way 
to do what he thought he was supposed to be doing. You want to know what the frustration is with God is that he can be intrusive. He can interfere with our plans by putting us in what appears to be a season of paralysis, but is really a season of purpose. Because he has to dislodge us from what we thought we were supposed to be doing and who we thought we were supposed to be doing it with. Okay, so, so he was on his way to do what he thought was his purpose. And he's knocked down. And the text says by Jesus Christ himself, and he's knocked down. However, that, however you want to interpret that, he's knocked down. And this voice says, I'm calling you to do what I want you to do. So go to this house, right? Go to this house. So watch this. Here's what's amazing. The people who he were traveling with to do what he thought he was supposed to do lead him to the house, but they can't go in. Okay, okay. Watch this, watch this, watch this. God, I wish I was a better preacher. Watch this. Some people are only designed to walk you to what will now become your purpose. Your mistake is you're trying to invite them into the process they were never ordained to participate in. <laughs> so... They walk him to the house and he goes in this house. Watch this. He goes in blind and he comes out seeing. The house for me is the process God ordains to walk you into places you couldn't walk into without going through a season where you don't know where you're going. Okay. Come here. Come here. Come here. All y'all come here. Stop get mad when you ain't sure sometimes your blindness is how you see because in order to get you to your next dimension he sometimes has to block you and blind you from the stuff you thought you were supposed to do I need about eight of y'all to throw your head back and thank God for the seasons he blinded you The house then is the process that Saul goes through. He doesn't go in preaching. He goes in unsure of why he was the one chosen. I need somebody here and watching to get excited. Here's why you get excited. Because the purpose of the process is so you will never doubt you again. Okay, so, so here it is, so here it is. And then let me move, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I, I got a few minutes and I'll be done. Uh, watch this, y'all ready? Here it is, here it is. Someone emerges out of this experience that didn't go in. And I love that about God because God doesn't waste time, we do. Everything that happens to you is redemptive and revelatory, even if it's painful. The awkwardness of pain is that the way we interpret it is as an exit and not as an entrance. So I'm always looking to get out of it, but I'm never really trying to maximize it. Okay, 
So, so, so what comes out of this? What, who, who emerges out of this experience? Here it is. Here it is. And it's three things. I'm going to say three things because I'm a, I'm a, I was trained up genuine. and I'm a Baptist preacher. I got to say three things. Right? right? Here it is. First thing. First thing. The first thing that emerges is clarity concerning God's unique call for his life. Something amazing happens in the house. You ready? Two things happen in the house. Authentic identity and godly assignment are married. Here's what's amazing. Who you be and what you be doing only happens when who you be precedes what you're supposed to be doing. Most of us be doing stuff we not be being. That's why we be confused when it don't be working. Because it, if it ain't who you're supposed to be, then when you do it, you would have to do it out of a strength that does not last. Okay, watch this. Y'all still here? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He, he's put in a, he's put in a, a season where, where he has to come to terms with, with why he was knocked down and with why Jesus said what he said and why those who were traveling with him couldn't walk in the house with him and why God had to send somebody into the room that was not a part of his original plan, Ananias. That's why I read that. Because his was deep. God, when he gets ready to promote you and to prep you, he will send people into your life that were not a part of your original design. And what is awkward, if you are, if you are relationally unhealthy, you will reject them because they don't fit the narrow narcissistic way by which you understand relationships okay come here so what happens to most of us is that we get frustrated because we misinterpret why people are in our life we're up here thinking that they're supposed to be our friend our boo thing our hangout partner when god ain't really sending that person to hang out with you he's sending them to press you push you correct you and then prepare you and if you don't know how to handle relationships that are not designed to make you feel pleasured then you're going to miss the power and the purpose of intimacy intimacy is not physicality it's an experience of emotional emotional vulnerability that allows two people to help each other be what they're created to be I need somebody to get this God is about to redefine your understanding of intimacy by putting people in your life that will shape your awareness of who you are but never require anything but never require anything of you that causes you to enter into sin wow 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 here's where Paul helps us or Saul helps us he comes out preaching when he went in unsure No process should confuse you. It should clarify. So if you understand process as purposeful, then what you will understand is what will come out of the process 
will be someone who is now strategically positioned to walk out his will by walking out the process that brings them into the appropriate space for their maturity, which is necessary for their execution of divine will. Let me help you understand something. Authentic identity is not the result of someone laying hands on you in a consecration service. Authentic identity is a painstaking, meticulous journey from the lie of who you were to the truth of who you are. It's the exposure of you to you so you're not afraid of what God says to you coming out of the process. It's the awkwardness of discovering parts about you that you were afraid of because you knew that it or you know that it will complicate your life. Some of you are running from the you God wants you to be because it will require you to walk away from some people that you super glued your self-esteem to. It will, it will require you to live a life of inconvenience. It will require you to make some sacrifices. It may even require you to relocate because as you become authentically aware of who you're created to be, you will find that the will of God is not supposed to fit you. It's supposed, you're supposed to fit it and God will grow you and shape you and prune you and prepare you and he will do it because he wants you to know who you are so you can know what to do with the rest of your life process 101 today then is about authentic identity and so what God does in the process is he weds who you are created to be with what you're created to do here's the second thing the second thing is that the process is designed <laughs> to teach you how to live exclusively dependent on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit he enters this house and the word of God declares in verse 17 that Ananias said to him, brother Saul, the Lord sent me, Jesus himself, the one who appeared to you on the road. He sent me so you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing that's so amazing about this is that is, is that is that as Saul was experiencing this. God was trying to teach him that his strength would not be enough to manage this assignment. So in order to accomplish this, talk to me, Lord, he is going to have to fill you afresh with the spirit of God, which comes with power out of presence. You've got to then learn how to live in the presence of the Holy Spirit through a life of consecrated worship. Not a life that is spent worshiping with others. Come get this. But a life that is spent in solitude. I know that's a bad word because we spend all of our lives trying to be around people. But in order for you to get to where God wants you to be, you're going to have to go through seasons of solitude where no one can get to you because it's only 
only time with God. You're going to have to have moments where you cry and you weep because of the fear and the anxiety. But it is not designed to break you. It's designed to cause you to depend upon the Holy Spirit because the next phase of your life is not because you're gifted. It's not because you're smart. It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I feel this. And some of you are in a season where stuff ain't working no more. It used to work, but he shut it down. And he's trying to bring you into a place where you trust his voice, where you know who he is, and where you live in the spirit. You ain't got no answers. You don't know how this thing gonna work out. But what you do know, if God be for me, it's more than the world against me. I learned to trust. I learned to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. I stopped depending upon people because I discovered that people are not permanent. And it doesn't mean they don't love you. Doesn't mean they don't care for you. It's just certain places God won't let people go when he's shaping you. Some of you are frustrated because as sociable as you are, he's awkwardly isolating you. So people say, you want to go out tonight? And with nothing on your calendar, you say, no. And it ain't even that they're going to do something wrong. Is that there are seasons when you ain't sure why you don't want to be where, around people. But you know that if you're around them, they may complicate voice. <sighs> now let me get ready to get out of here. And so the Holy Spirit then achieves two purposes in your life. And, 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 and as you go through these processes, as Paul went through this process, Saul went through this process, you discover the Holy Spirit is doing two things. One... The Holy Spirit is initiating, initiating things that, sh that, that must happen for you to achieve purpose. I put that in the thread, initiating. But here's the other thing. The Holy Spirit is invigorating. Because one of the most amazing things that happens when you do purpose is that you have an awkward exhaustion. It ain't physical fatigue. Okay, 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 some of y'all may not understand this, but if you, but if you keep living, you will, you, will, you, you, you will wake up one day tired after sleeping all night. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of an awkward exhaustion. And so as you live out purpose, there will be times that you will be beyond your physical strength operating. Okay, okay. It's like this. It's like this. Uh, 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 Samson... Uh, took the jawbone of a, of, of a donkey and he, de and, and he defeated thousands of men. Then the Bible said, and, and after he defeated them, he then turned to God and said, God, I'm so exhausted from the fight. And he said, he said, say, how is it that that which I just defeated is going to come back and defeat me? And it said that God opened up, opened up, opened up in the ground <laughs> and there was water. And notice he opened it up in the ground. <laughs> okay, you missed it. He opened it up in the ground. And, and watch this. The only way to, for him to drink it, he had to bow down. Okay. 
so he couldn't get refreshed until he bowed down come here okay 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 your, your being refreshed ain't standing up in strength and gift is bowing down in humility <laughs> preach the best you can John here's what some of you got to understand is that the Holy Spirit now becomes the now become the refreshing place for you when you get tired you go into God and God gives you the power of the Holy Spirit to invigorate you I feel like preaching I need about eight of y'all to get excited because you are not gonna go under you are not going to be defeated you're going to come out of this victorious because the spirit is going to reinvigorate you okay thank y'all for letting me come and let me close he went in blind unclear came out seeing preaching how'd that happen one clarity of assignment and identity Dependency on the Holy Spirit became a reality for him. But here's the last point. Y'all ready? Here's the last point. Here's the last point. Here's the last point. Now, now this point is going to make you shout. This one right here. I'm not a shouter preacher. You know, people cry when I preach. So this point, but this one going to make you shout. Even here, it's going to make you shout. So, so are you ready for it? No, I'm serious. Are you ready for it? Put, put. Putting a thread, I'm ready. Are you ready for it? Here it is. You ready? Here it is. Now, I'm telling you, this one going to make you shout. This one here going to make you holler. No, I'm serious. And I'm kind of warning you that it's going to make you holler. No, it is. This one going to make you holler. No, it's going to make you holler. If you got any Holy Ghost in you, this point right here is going to bless you. Here it is. Here it is. You ready? Last point. And I'll see y'all later. Here it is. Here's the good news. When you go through the process and come out the way you should. Here's my last point, you ready? You will never experience this again. Yes, okay, yes, okay. All y'all that are used to cycles, when you go through this process, I you will never go through this again. Can I be Baptist for 30 seconds? See, the power of going through the process is that God is so consistent, amazing, and faithful till he majors in one time. Okay, Abraham had one mountain test. Joseph had one pit, one Potiphar's house, and one prison. Moses had one Red Sea. Yeah, that's the note I was waiting for. Joshua had one Jericho walls. David had one Goliath. The three Hebrew boys had one fiery furnace. Daniel had one lion's what? den. And Paul had one Philippian jail. John had one Isle of Patmos. Oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to give you the good part. But on a hill far away. Oh, y'all got to go back to the cross, y'all. Jesus had one cross on a Friday. And he had one tomb on a Sunday morning. Here's the good news. If you hold up your end of the bargain, I need you to tell yourself, I'll never go through this again. For weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Is there anybody here that can testify that the Lord is able? 
that keep you from falling. I'll see y'all when I see you. But can I go back to old school? My daddy used to sing, be not dismayed, whatever be time. God will, won't he do it? God will, won't he do it? to say Y'all be seated in here and y'all listen. I'm done. I'm done. Woo. I feel a breakthrough in the atmosphere. Somebody is in the middle of your process. And God said, if you don't quit, you'll only see this. One time. One time. Listen. I flew in to be here from Richmond, Virginia. I am now, since July 1, the dean of the, of the Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology, Virginia Union University. Let me help you. The testimony of me being the dean of a highly reputable graduate program is a statement that if you endure the process you won't even see the door coming and it don't matter who don't like you they can't stop what you've qualified for but let me close with this you will not always qualify on paper. But if you handle process right, you will qualify with the one that makes the final decision. Don't quit the process. Better is coming. Father, thank you that we know we can trust 